how can we get present with ourselves, take care of ourselves, build systems of support and learn in an incremental way and slowly build up those habits. You know, money habits are like any habits you need to build slowly and kind of develop foundational patterns, new foundational patterns for yourself. And all of that is relevant to money. Hello, my dear ones. Happy 2021. And welcome to the Stories of Astonishing Light podcast. I'm KJ Nazrul, and this is the start of season two. What? Oh my goodness. I can't believe it. We are more than 25 episodes in, and I have missed you. I know it's only been one week, but I really feel like it's been a long time since we've connected. So as you can imagine, I'm so thrilled to share this season two opener with you. The new season already has me so excited and ecstatic is the way I describe it. I can't wait to share with you the conversations that I've already been having. And we're just into, what, the second week of, of this new year? I mean, you'll see what I mean once you've met today's guest, Eowyn Levine. Eowyn is a longtime massage therapist. She's a money coach. And she one day dreams of small holding through a membership community, her podcast, which is called Creatives Do Money, and one-on-one work. Eowyn helps self-employed artists, creatives, and healers master their money by showing them the steps to getting out of debt, saving more on a regular income, which we all know a little bit about, and building the financial stability that fuels a creative future. So in today's episode, you guys, we get in there. We get in there. We acknowledge that, yes, the topic and conversations around money can be completely rife with emotion because we understand that there's an attachment to real consequences in our lives. It's a topic that can be saturated with pain and challenge. There's this primal need that money can fulfill, and we understand that. Primal needs, meaning like health and safety and shelter. So Eowyn gives us tips on how to repair our relationship with money by identifying and practicing new behaviors, which would build new habits. She dismantles three belief patterns that creatives hold about money, and she shares what she believes might be the most courageous and self-compassionate action that we can take for our well-being in the world. You guys, this conversation literally takes my breath away, and it is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you, Eowyn Levine. Hello, my dear friend, Eowyn. Thank you for being here today. Oh, it's a pleasure, KJ. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we've been talking about connecting for a while, and I'm so glad that we're able to do this. And Mm. We uh, broke the broke the seal not too, too long ago when I was on your show. So much fun, opened up <laughs> so much stuff. And so I'm really excited to kind of continue what we talked about and a little bit yeah. about how, how money and resilience and self-care. Yeah. They're all interwoven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we got deep really fast. We got deep. We kind of knew it <laughs> might happen. We suspected. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm so glad we did. And so I'm so thrilled that we're able to continue. So my first question to you, my friend, to open up our talk is, do you have a mantra or a theme that you're relying on 
connecting with these days? Yeah, a couple, a couple phrases came up for me. I would say in the last year and a half, I've been getting much more intentional about practicing different phrases. So creating mantras for myself that are meaningful and important. And I feel like I'm creating different phrases that build on each other. So the first one that came to mind is it's quite practical and fact-based, and it's something that I can easily believe. And that is simply that I decide what actions I take. So for decades, I have struggled with trusting myself around intentions that I set and showing up for myself as opposed to showing up for other people. And this is my regular reminder that it's in every second of every day, it's my choice what I do. Mm. And that can include showing up for myself in ways similar to how I would show up for others. So that's the first. Mm. And the second one is one that's more of a stretch for me to believe and more of a struggle, but something I'm really, really looking forward to believing a hundred percent. Let's put it that way. Mm. And that is that everything unfolds at the perfect pace. And it's a version of what's meant for me won't pass me by. And it's a phrase that helps me. It's a phrase that helps me let go of regret and those kinds of feelings when they start to creep in. I know that I have some, some reminding to do around this question of what will be, will be, and I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm just holding that. Mm. I love that. It is so impeccably timed. Yeah. And I think, I think it asks a lot of us to, it's a form of radical acceptance. No, one of my dearest teachers is Tara Brock. It's the name of one of her books and it's part of her core message. So she, I see you nodding. So I know you're familiar. She's truly a wonderful teacher and combines a psychological training and her deep Buddhism practice, her practice around yoga, and then also an interest in evolutionary biology. And so she pulls all these threads together in this really sort of humorous, practical way that really appeals to many. I know not just to myself, she has a wide audience, but she talks about radical acceptance in a lot of different ways. And I, and so I think for me, this phrase is a version of it. And since resilience is very much a theme for you, She's been a core teacher for me in pivotal moments when I've really had to call on deep wells of strength and acceptance to just get good with what is. And yeah, so it feels like important work and work that I keep cycling back to year over year in different ways. Mm. I was nodding because my copy of Radical Acceptance is just to my left here, Ah. one of my book piles. And I... I'm always amazed that when there's a message to be heard, it keeps showing up. Yes. And I believe the the phrase radical acceptance and even Tara's name and Tara's teachings have come up in the last 24 hours about three times. It's that magical three. It is. Yeah. So that's why you saw me doing that. Mm -hmm, Of course. That's so great. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again for that confirmation and validation. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I feel it's just one of those core teachings about what it means to be a human being and have the human experience is going from trying to be perfect and control everything and manipulate people and things around us to try and 
I mean, on a sort of base level to try and run from pain and towards pleasure. And so just learning to be with what is and learning to be with our feelings and noticing that we can change how we think and mm. that can change how we feel. And we can, we can choose to think, yeah, with more acceptance to just say, I am where I am. There's no changing the past. There's only now. So let's get to it. And what are we going to do with the now? Yeah. But that implicit in that is letting go of everything that's come before. And that's where the radical acceptance comes in. Oh, yes. And in California, where I am, we have now just begun the most, I'd say, severe phase of lockdown, Mm -hmm. shelter in place, since we have now, at least in California, but really as a collective whole in, in this country, have just blown past all of the surges and numbers of cases of COVID. I can feel and hear this collective sigh and this solemn grief mm. As people prepare to bunker in and at on the eve or during particular holiday traditions, the message of you could choose, or we tend to have a default of running from the discomfort, looking for ways to distance ourselves from the discomfort. And yeah. all of 2020, and especially, no, I'm just going to say all of 2020 has been one big hook bringing people back into the pain, into yeah. the comfort. You cannot run from this. How can we hold it? And it starts with choosing to hold it, to stay with yeah. it. Yeah. To stay present. Yeah. Be present in it. That might be the most courageous and difficult thing I've, I've seen and experienced this year so far. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, oh, so your mantra, which is guiding, is really appropriately timed. Yeah. Wow. Thank yeah, you. it feels important and and helpful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, my love, could you share with folks a little bit about what you do, what your day's like, mm. how you keep yourself present and fulfilled? Yeah. So until early 2020, my days revolved in large part around my life living in New York City with my spouse, who's a classical musician, and working four days a week in my massage practice. So I've been self-employed as a massage therapist now for almost eight years and built the practice up. And it's it's been my primary work. And I would say over the last couple of years, I've been experimenting and exploring what might come after the massage practice in a variety of different ways. And then when my practice shut down due to COVID in March, I suddenly had all this time. And initially I took a lot of time just to rest and to be and to do various cliched baking activities and just take some space because I've really been quite burnt out in many ways. And that's partly why I've been seeking my next long-term plan and vision. So I took some time to rest and then I began what has become Plumtree Money. So since the middle of March, when COVID-2020 means that my practice had to close, I have been taking the time to build that vision of what's coming next and have finally connected with the vision that really resonates and is meaningful and I think, yeah, meets a need in the world. 
And that is to help self-employed creatives and healers and small business owners get better with everyday money management and with personal finance, especially business finance too. But generally speaking, when you're self-employed and it's just you, your business finances are relatively simple. You have to do them, but it's just about that simple process of tracking your expenses, tracking your income, and that's kind of it. But I think when it comes to personal finance, there's there are a lot more layers and there's a lot more to tease out. And there are a lot of habits which incorporating into your life can change everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just wanted to note you had you had mentioned it could be a simple practice of tracking and inventorying your money, but a lot of people, myself included, hands raised here. That is such a profoundly difficult lesson to learn or for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think the simplicity that I had in mind is simply that preparing certain numbers in your business are just required for filing your taxes. Yeah. So there's kind of this external accountability to have some familiarity with your numbers when it comes to your business, when you're working for yourself, right? So we can be all chaos in our personal financial lives, but in our business lives, at least once a year, we have to sit down and be like, okay, how much came in and how much did I spend on my business? Yeah. Um, but no, that's none of it's to be diminished. And we can have our head in our sand in all kinds of intricate and wonderful ways when it comes to ignoring our finances. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I'm also wondering, because 2020 has been 2020, yeah, this must be a revelatory and an uncovering conversation to have for many, many people who have decided to make the pivot like you did. Yeah. And unexpectedly. And oh gosh, I'm going to... I've decided to start my or expand my business. Oh, I didn't realize all of the steps and the mechanics behind what that means. And again, not to diminish, but then there's this entire component of money. And as you and I have talked and as I'm learning and you're so gentle and wonderful in helping this awareness come that money is essentially involved in every conversation. It doesn't have to be about business. It doesn't have to be about solely or exclusively about business and finance, but it's, mm -hmm. there are stories, there are personal stories, there's emotion involved. Yes. So much emotion, so many stories that have real consequences for our everyday lives. You know, we, we become very frightened of handling our money in the wrong ways, or we ignore it because it's an area of pain and challenge. And then there's that foundational kind of angst that money has to do with our ability to care for ourselves, those mm. primal drives of, you know, being accepted into community and being safe. Like those two kind of primal human drives are really factor in when it comes to money. And so it can be a really heavy topic and it can be a topic that people, and I know I did, avoided for years. And yeah. we incorporate, yeah, all these patterns and habits and tendencies from our family of origin. And oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot that weaves in and there's a lot to challenge. And there's so much that can come up when we start, start doing what I call money work. And it can be as simple as just sitting down and wanting to plan your spending. It can bring up all the things, all the things, all the things. I think we've almost coined this phrase on how we view money or discussions around finance. And we had said that it's charged and it's tender. Yes, that's right. Charged and tender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And that's why that radical acceptance comes in again, right? There's no changing what we've done in our financial past. There's no changing our family of origin. There's no changing, you know, the neurological pathways that influence how we respond to money work when we try and change how we do things. Like all of that stuff comes up. So the question is, how can we get present with ourselves, take care of ourselves, build systems of support and, you know, learn in an incremental way and slowly build up those habits. You know, money habits are like any habits you need to build slowly and kind of develop foundational patterns, new foundational patterns for yourself. And all of that is relevant to money. Yeah. I just had the thought right now that, and I've mentioned this to you once before when we spoke, you and I actually have similar work Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. connecting with people, uncovering stories, holding that, maybe even redefining, reacquainting. Yes. I think that is huge. I think, well, one thing, realizing that our stories are just that, (laughs) So our pasts can feel very present for us, right? So we we may have repeated certain stories about our childhood thousands of times in the context of talking to professionals or to friends or to family members, right? So these stories, they become, yeah, they become like entities in our lives and they feel real, but they are just stories and we can revisit them and we can ask questions about our stories. We can change the stories, mm-hmm. oh. you know, we can, Yeah. We can change that narrative. We, we have can change a, that narrative. Exactly. And as yes. a part of your mantra, again, we can return to that, not only radical acceptance, but I can actually decide how I'm going to change the story, mm-hmm. how I'm going to take yeah. actions. Yeah. And that changing of the story, changing those thoughts that we have, changing the, just the phrases that we tell ourselves, that switch is critical to behaving differently, to changing what we do. Yes. So those thoughts they come before the new actions. So if I'm really going to decide what actions I take implicit in that statement is that I'm thinking, I'm thinking in a way that empowers me Mm. and doesn't give my power away to my past or give my power away to other people. Mm -hmm. Because I think this is very relevant to money work as well. You know, there's always the world out there and everything going on, some of which influences us and our lives. And then there's what are we doing right now sitting here in our day-to-day life? And we have almost no control on all of the stuff out there. And we have optimal control about us and how we feel and how we think and what we're doing. And with money, so much can feel out of our control, whether that be making enough money, will there be enough clients or will my product sell or will my boss give me a raise? Whatever it is, this sort of external environment and that can feel out of our control or the world of investing can feel out of our control or government policies, all these different things or the social safety network or the lack of in the US has a huge influence on our lives and those around us. And there's very little we can do about it. We vote when we can and we're politically active to the degree that makes sense for us. But nonetheless, despite all those large scale things that influence our financial lives, there is so much that we can do in the day-to-day to change our future financially and otherwise. And so I think some of changing the story is shifting our gaze from out there on that wider scale that feels just out of our control. There's nothing we can do about it. Mm-hmm. And just returning inwards saying, okay, so what What can I work on? What can I change? What can I influence? How can I shift how I'm feeling? And therefore what I do on the day-to-day? Yeah. 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 
Let's get a little specific. You have a wonderful podcast. I'm mesmerized. Mm -hmm. Creatives, creative specifically, do money. Yeah. What is the money work, the stories that creatives specifically may be struggling with or are familiar with them or that you've seen as you've worked with creatives? Yeah. So I have to initially just put the 2020 disclaimer on this. I think it's heightened everything and made things so different and so difficult. So not for everyone, not everyone is struggling in terms of their finances, their finances in 2020. It's the case that some people's businesses have grown and some people are doing really well. And I don't want to take away from that. But for many people who are creatives, if they're in the performing arts or other professions that have been you know, hugely impacted by COVID, this is an unusual year. So I will say that, that for some people, their finances have just exploded in a terrible way or collapsed more than exploded, I suppose, whatever the word is. So I want to just acknowledge that fact before going on to say what I'm going to say. And two things that come up often, one is some version of money is the root of all evil. And this is this kind of conflation of the evils of capitalism with money as a whole. And the other that I notice a lot is overemphasis on income as opposed to how you manage your money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think those two come up a lot. And then the last one I see often is that money is just kind of seen as nerdy and boring and less than and (laughs) something you have to deal with. It's not sexy. It's not fun. It's not cool. All of these kinds of things. (laughs) And so people just avoid it. And Mm -hmm. it feels like something you have to do, like brush your teeth, but less pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Even less pleasant. Yeah. But again, that speaks to the stories that have been maybe handed down to us that we embraced or not even embraced, but inherited and embedded in us. So it makes sense to me that, like you said, money is not sexy. It's not, you know, but is it? Because folks who like to work with money or have understood the opportunities and the way that it creates an energetic exchange, that is very exciting and very sexy. Let's take a second to pause in this amazing conversation for a quick check-in. If you're enjoying this episode and have found value in the stories from the guests who've joined me on the podcast, I would love it if you could rate and leave a review for the show. You can do so on Apple Podcasts or any of your listening platforms. Your reviews help boost visibility of the show and spread the word to more listeners. Plus, I love hearing from you. If you have found anything you've heard on this show valuable or helpful for you, please let us know. And it's really easy to do. And it takes maybe a minute. You can go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash astonishing stories. Also, a little something to consider. Every review you leave enters you into a chance for winning a free 30-minute private session with me to discuss anything of your choice. I'll pick the name of the winner every Friday and announce it on my Instagram and Facebook stories. So let's hear it, friends. Ratethispodcast.com forward slash astonishing stories. I really appreciate you. Well, I think it's it's a tool. It's a neutral tool and it's... It's a means to an end. So, I mean, if you think about, you know, like a beautiful piece of pottery or 
someone's made an amazing piece of furniture, like the tools that enable that creativity and that beautiful product at the end, that's the equivalent of money. It allows us to do things. It allows us to support our friends. It allows us to buy from businesses we care about, donate to causes that are meaningful to us. So there are all of these sort of exciting things at the end of just getting friendly with your money and learning learning to handle it and it's also about it's about valuing the money that's coming towards you mm-hmm. i think when we ignore mm-hmm. something sort of implicit in that is that we don't feel it's worth our time or important and i mean again there's that weird disconnect we need it to live but we also don't want to have anything to do with it yeah but i think that if one can sort of come to a place of saying okay this is a tool this is an aspect of just adulting really you know <laughs> that's kind of what it comes down to <laughs> and there's no judgment implicit in that you know we all have our process of learning to get better with money i mean i think there are some people who get super lucky and get taught great money habits as a kid and of course but for the rest of us we're just finding our way and we learn what we need to learn at the time it comes up. Absolutely. Do you think because of the events of this year, again, the 2020 disclaimer, would you say that was the catalyst for you to really shift your focus and pivot towards embracing and doing more work, wanting to help others do the work? Sure. Yeah. The most important aspect of 2020 is simply that it gave me time. Mm. And That was a big factor. It also, though, brought into sort of stark relief the fact that the money work that I have done over the last two to three years is critical to the fact that my husband and I have been able to navigate a year when 90% of our income disappeared and be pretty stable and be okay and more than okay, honestly. We're lucky and we have enough and Yeah. So I think there are just whole layers of instability and anxiety and challenge that are present for so many people. It's not only about how they handle their money, of course not. But I think the choices that folks have made over the last two, three, five, 10 years around their money have had a lot to do with what 2020 looks like for them and how they've been able to navigate it. That's that's just a fact. And Mm -hmm. so I think that became clear and the struggles that others were having clear the struggles that others were having has become clear. I've seen the statistic, which I'm sure you have too. Back in 2016, there was a gathering of financial data of people in the States. And one of the statistics that came out of that is that 46% of folks in the US couldn't come up with $400 in cash if they needed to in case of emergency. Mm -hmm. If you really think about the implications of that, $400, it's, I think to you and I, that's not a lot of money. And it's sort of incomprehensible and it's a huge number of people. And if you raise the ability to scrape together a thousand dollars, that percentage goes up even more into the sixties, if I remember rightly. So that's a huge portion of the population that's really, really struggling. And Mm -hmm. of course, much of that has to do with the institutional problems in the States. You know, it's really not necessarily about day to day money management. However, day-to-day money management can make all the difference for those of us who do have enough income to meet our everyday needs, but have never quite learned to develop those habits and that relationship with money that leads to real financial stability. Mm-hmm. 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 So juicy. For someone who is new to having conversations around money, what starting point 
would you recommend if they come to see you for the, for instance, for the first time and they kind of hand over to you and say, I couldn't come together. I could, I couldn't bring together $400 today if you asked me to. Yeah. What sort of suggestions or guidance would you give to someone in that position? Mm. Yeah, I think it starts with getting present with what is taking yeah. a look at what's in front of us again. Yeah. What do we have? So we work yeah. With yeah. 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 And I think it's a little bit like having a health challenge. You know, if you're really struggling around a health issue, it's possible. I'm speaking here, raising my hand. It's possible to go years, just kind of pushing that health issue to the periphery and ignoring it and trying to cope and just deal, but not really looking at what's going on, not going to the doctor, not going to get a scan, not doing what you need to do. Just be like, okay, time for a reality check. What is going on? What are the facts on the ground? So that's a big part of the work is kind of emotionally preparing through talking through one's story and looking at why there might be a lot of resistance around money management up until this point. Mm -hmm. And bit by bit, just gathering the information, just saying, okay, I'm going to sit down and look at this stuff. And one of the things I offer in my online community is money co-working. And partly because it can be so hard to show up and just do this work of logging into your accounts, downloading statements, gathering some numbers, there can be huge resistance around that, right? Oh yeah. I'm just responding now, reacting now. I'm noticing I see in my email box alerts that are attached to my bank accounts. And so part of me feels like I know enough. Thanks for the alert. (laughs) But I also know that the alerts are increasing by saying, and you're either within going, you're about to go under or you have gone under. What are you going to do about it? But that doesn't mean I log in to my account and do something about it. I almost have the satisfaction of like, well, I do know that much. Yeah. There still is that resistance to taking it the next step. So I love, and I shared with you, I love the idea of having a space available where you can have witnesses, but just at the same time, give yourself a little wiggle room, a little grace to do the one, maybe one action that you've been resisting. Yeah. That's huge. And I mean, that's exactly what, it's not everything that's done in psychotherapy, but that's part of what you offer to others is just that appointment to show up to, to be like, okay, you got to deal with your stuff. Like we have to talk about this on some level. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because we all, we all need support in different ways. And if there's been a lot of avoidance around money and numbers in your life, and you just kind of sort of chaotically figuring it out, which was definitely the place that I was in 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. We just need all the help we can get. And I sign up for it myself in the areas of struggle. (laughs) Yes, yes. I think there's something really, and this took me some time to reframe it this way, Mm. but I think there is something so loving and so compassionate about taking a look at the stories behind Mm. money for you to offer space to at least start to explore that a gentle space. It is in a sense, similar to therapy. Like. Let's hold this space. If there could be no judgment around it, but just show up in this space, that's an Mm -hmm. incredible first step towards being kinder and gentler and opening up the dialogue around whatever the resistance, whatever the fear, whatever the mindset and belief is that could be so ingrained, you don't even know it. 
for me, I know that I'd react. So it took me years and years ago, like if anyone would even bring up like balance in the olden days, balance your checkbook. Yeah. I would burst into tears. Yeah. 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 I reacted similarly when I thought about using a budget, the great B word (laughs) for just years and years and years. Once I had decided that I wanted to change my financial picture. So I grew up in a home with a lot of financial chaos. Okay. And my parents provided me with a really wonderful life, you know, rich education, cultural education, great school, travel, you know, all my needs were met in terms of, you know, in Maslow's hierarchy, like those base levels, like all my needs were met in a really generous way. But there was also all of this financial chaos and strain and stress behind that. And It took me quite some time to just sit down and say, okay, there's time to do things differently. I found myself in $16,000 of credit card debt. My job was ending and I realized that it was time to just get some, get some new perspectives. Let's put it that way of just realizing, okay, there's got to be other ways to do this. I'm I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't want to find myself in a similar position in five, 10 years from now. So I started to educate myself about personal finance and read different resources and I could get down with the debt payoff. I could get down with the saving, lots of great ideas there and made some progress. But the thing that I always ignored is this suggestion that the foundational core practice is to use a budget to to plan your spending and then to spend accordingly. And I just, I resisted it. And yeah, Mm -hmm. for years and years and years, I just didn't want to. I thought it would be restrictive. I thought that I would fail within a week and I just didn't trust myself to follow the plan because I had made so many other plans and promises to myself in other areas of my life and just assumed that the same pattern would come up around money. Mm -hmm. So I feel you. Yeah. Just being like, nope, not going to go there. Don't want anything to do that. Do with that. I can do fine without it. I'm doing fine. Yeah. 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 I got this under control or I got this. I got this. (laughs) But once I discovered that this was maybe a part of the radical acceptance, maybe this is really radical self-compassion now, when I decide to uncover and just listen to, listen to these reactions I'm having, there is a story there. There is, there, there is something there that is requesting our attention. Mm-hmm. And so once I said this would be so freeing, healing for me to address my, what do you call it? If I start doing the money work, mm. it could be an equivalent to soul work. Yes. Right. And that's why I'm like, oh, and my show is all about being resilient, but also resilience comes from this foundation of understanding that you need, we need to invest in ourselves for a little replenishment and some space and tenderness yes with ourselves yeah that was a big shift that was a radical shift for me yeah look at it that way i just love what i'm hearing and and what i know of and sense from you is that you are coming from a compassionate place when having and constructing an environment or a space to to have these discussions Mm. it's very kind and yeah I feel like there's no other way to do it (laughs) between the systemic challenges in the States and the fact that there are massive advertising industries, like highly exquisitely, exquisitely designed systems to part us from our money 
And the very fact that credit cards exist and there's no basic financial education available to us as part of our schooling. Like there are just so many factors and it's so normal that we would just be a mess around money. And I think it really, it's not until we can get good with what is that we can make change and move forward. And so I think it's essential to hold that space of non-judgment and compassion and just say, yep, this is just how it is. Like between our history and the world at large, it's really hard to get good with this stuff. So we are where we are and that's fine. And I also think that it's helpful to be able to explore change in that sort of nurturing context because we're inevitably not going to make our changes perfectly. We're going to have our plans of how we want to do things differently moving ahead. And sometimes we will meet those goals and sometimes we won't. And it's so crucial to just learn how to accept that we haven't necessarily done what we intended to do. Say that's okay. okay. Refresh the plan in our minds. Be like, what was it I was really intending to do? Why is this important to me? And then recommit and keep working on it. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Reevaluating, taking inventory as to why. Why is it valuable for me? The way that I see it is if the stronger the reaction, the more valuable it must be. (laughs) Right? Yes. There is some connection. There is something that is that is connecting and tethering me to this reaction. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. For sure. In the spirit of self-compassion, radical compassion, radical acceptance, what do you do for yourself? What practices do you employ for self-care, self-compassion? Mm. There are a few things. Writing is an important tool for me, mm-hmm. and that can take a few different forms. Sometimes it's on paper, sometimes it's just typing into Evernote, but just free writing, just writing whatever comes into my head, like just emptying it all out. That can be really helpful. I also, I love to use Oracle cards as a woman called Elizabeth D'Alto, and she teaches around the idea that everything we've ever needed is inside us. So I think there are some Mm -hmm. themes common to your work. Mm -hmm. And she teaches about the wild soul and about embodiment, but she has these beautiful flower-based oracle cards. So sometimes when I am feeling scattered and tired and unsure of things, I will just sit down and pull one of her cards, just say a short prayer and ask for help and ask for guidance. And I always find something helpful there. <laughs> Lately, the card that's been coming up a lot is embrace the mess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think my, my perfectionist self has been rearing its ugly head in the last couple months. And uh, uh-huh. so I really needed that reminder. <laughs> oh, I love that. Embrace the mess, a derivative of that. Bless the mess. Mm-hmm. Um, your mess is your message. I mean, there's... <laughs> oh, I hadn't heard that one before. That's oh, yeah. great. <laughs> your mess is actually your message. Your... Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that true? I mean, there's a reason I'm teaching money work. I'm, I have yep. worked through a lot of mess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I jotted down the name of the author, Elizabeth D'Alto. D'Alto, D-I-A-L-T-O. Yes. Beautiful. I'm already obsessed. I can tell that I... Yeah, I'm she's so amazing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank yeah, you. for sure. Oracle cards, writing. Yes. Mm. And then the last thing that comes to mind actually is just tapping into the power of the body. 
So I shared with you before we started recording that I was feeling really tired coming towards our time together. And over the years, I've sort of gathered a few somatically based self-care practices and the most powerful one that I use when I really need centering and refreshing and some deep relaxation that isn't going to leave me kind of, you know, like a wet rag. (laughs) So there are certain kinds of relaxation where it just leaves you in a very just loosey goosey out of yourself space, which sometimes is what we're looking for to just be and to expand. But so what I was looking for is something that would bring me back into myself and stay present and focused and energized. And so that was yoga nidra. And so it's essentially a guided meditation, but it really takes you deep into your body, into the sensations of your body and that internal experience of yourself, that proprioception of where you are in space and acknowledging all the different parts of our bodies. So modern life can have us essentially living as if our head is the only important part of our body, you know, occasionally our sexual organs, but it's just like this kind of, yeah, this computer driven, highly intellectual life that is just so normal for for many of us. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of calling forth the power of my body and the rejuvenation that's available there. And it's kind of this just dormant gift that just follows around, follows us around all day. Mm-hmm. It's always there waiting for us. We can tap into it through exercise or through meditation or massage or qigong or whatever the different ways you're going to tap into it, but it's always there. And so often I will look towards my body for some help when other things aren't working or when that simply just feels like the right thing. The body has so much wisdom. Yes. Mm, I love that. It has a, I would say an unparalleled ability to shift our mental state. Yeah. Yes. Drop into, listen to, stay out of the cerebral Mm -hmm. arena and literally move down to your physical soma. Yeah. Divine. You are divine. Mm, likewise this has been really precious time we've had together yes thank you so much how can folks find you when they would like to learn more learn more about some of the programs that you're working on this co-working possibility (laughs) how can folks find you my dear yeah so i'm on instagram and my website name is plumtree money And everything can be found through the website, including the community that I host. And it's a baby one. It's a basic community. It's just (laughs) starting to grow up. And the main, the main aspect right now is some education and then the twice a week events that people can come to. It's all free right now. And other than that, I work with folks one on one in a three month program of just taking them through this, getting present with what is and putting some vision and some plans in place and navigating the different emotional questions that come up and really figuring out a new way to do things around money. Mm. And your podcast, my friend. Oh yeah. I even forgot I had a podcast. That's right. Creatives do money is the podcast. And it's sublime. It is sublime. Oh, thank you. Aowen's beautiful voice and that accent. (laughs) Oh, so she presents possibly difficult or, you know, topics of conversation that you might have some resistance to, but she packages it and presents it in such a lovely way. (laughs) The Trojan horse effect. (laughs) You don't even realize you've been talking about money this whole time. (laughs) It's really, it's actually quite phenomenal. So I'll make sure to include all of this information in the show notes. And you also have a free guide that you are being so generous with sharing. And it's about um, improving your finances, even when you think 
you know, your money's a mess. Yes. Three simple steps to improve your finance, even when your money's a mess. I love it. Three simple steps. I'm listening. I am. I'm on board. Thank Thank you you so much. I've really enjoyed our time. So how are you doing, my healers and creatives? Are you soaring, spinning, floating? Like me, are you feeling inspired? The takeaways are immense. I listened to this conversation several times, and I found a new nugget of wisdom every single listen. And I have nine takeaways to share here, but I'm sure there are more. And so I would love to hear what you thought, my dears. Let us know in comments on Instagram or Facebook and and in your reviews. Number one, radical acceptance can mean surrendering to the now. What are we going to do with the now? Number two, so the emotion, the struggle, it is real, you guys. There are primal associations like safety, acceptance, overall well-being and health. And so it's no wonder that we refer to money stories as charged and tender. Number three, money can actually be seen as a neutral tool, energy, a permission, a freedom that we are granted so that we can do the things we love, support the causes and the people we care about. Number four, day-to-day money management is the key to building new habits and creating long-term stability. And it all starts with noticing that you have a reaction. Number five, there are three belief patterns that creatives hold about money, as Eowyn has found. She notes, number one, that money is the root of all evil. Number two, money is unsexy and boring. What? Number three, it's more important to focus on income than on managing what you already have. So, Listen back in as Eowyn swats all three of those beliefs away pretty quickly. Number six, get good with what is. This is how you can access your inner resilience, dig into your deep wells of strength, being okay with what is. Number seven, stories are just stories. We can revisit, we can revise, we can retell. Number eight, Stay present. Listening to your money stories in the present is self-compassion. It's also my ninth takeaway, which is that presence and accountability can be the most courageous action that we take. I encourage you to review the show notes to learn more about Aowen's work and her co-working community. She also has offered you a free guide of three steps for improving your finances Get it. I am all about that. So I've linked the guide in the show notes for you as well. Also, listen in on her wonderful podcast. It's called Creatives Do Money. And as always, you'll have our unnameable gratitude if you'd let us know what you think. Subscribe to our shows, rate, leave a review or two, or review every single episode. We would love that. We would love to know what you think. 
Reviews and downloads are like gold for us podcasters, especially those of us new to the arena like AON and IR. Thank you for hanging with me for the commencement of season two. And thank you as always for spending a little of your time today as we witness the exchange of astonishing stories about resilience, creativity, and wellness. We are in for another incredible journey, my friends, and I'm so looking forward to it. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Stories of Astonishing Light podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can support this podcast in three different ways. Number one, post a screenshot of the podcast on your Instagram stories or in your feed and tag me at Bliss Begins Within so I can repost you. Number two, share this podcast with a friend whom you think might enjoy it as well. And third, leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts so that we can continue to grow our audience and reach more listeners. I'm so grateful to spend time with you sharing such resilient stories. We'll see you next time. <laughs>